You're listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. Bright Lines and Blurred Lines, Part 2. In this series of episodes, I'm describing peculiarities of certain patterns of human behavior and how they relate to the martial arts. Specifically, how it strikes me that lots of types of behavior take the form of a spectrum, with positive versions of the behavior at one end and negative at the other. A striking feature of this model is that there seldom seems to be an easily discernible, bright line dividing one type of behavior from the other. As humans, we love bright lines that divide this from that. But, unfortunately, human behavior seldom falls into perfectly delineated categories. That's why I really like the model of the spectrum. Last time, I described a spectrum of the particular behavior of attention to detail and how, in the martial arts, it can become, towards the extreme end, technique snobbery and perhaps even obsessive-compulsive disorder. The spectrum today is another behavior that, on its face, seems good, but that can be carried too far, crossing the blurred line into negative behavior. This behavior is that of being consciously aware of your surroundings. Now, what could be bad about that? I'll get to that later. Most of us are aware of the martial arts movie trope of the hero or villain who is supremely, indeed magically, aware of his surroundings at all times. He senses attacks, even those from behind, even from firearms at a distance, before they materialize, and responds appropriately. There's a classic scene in the pilot episode of the old TV series Kung Fu, in which young Shaolin initiate, Kwai Chang Kane, while sweeping the temple courtyard, first meets his mentor, Master Po, who is blind. Young Kane expresses his sympathy for the old man's disability. Of all things, to live in darkness must be the worst. The old man replies, Fear is the only darkness, and then demands, Take your broom and strike me with it. Young Cain does as he's told, and as you might imagine, Master Poe, though sightless, effortlessly handles the attacks, leaving young Cain prostrate on the courtyard flagstones, and baffling the young boy with the results of the encounter before sagely intoning, Never assume that because a man has no eyes, he cannot see. Close your eyes. What do you hear? I hear the water. I hear the birds. Do you hear your own heartbeat? No. Do you hear the grasshopper that is at your feet? Young Cain looks down and sees that there is indeed a grasshopper perched near his toe. Old man. How is it that you hear these things? Young man, how is it that you do not? 
Now, I've got to confess that I've loved this scene ever since I first saw it as a 15-year-old in October of 1972. I find it to be a compelling depiction of the mentor-mentee relationship. Every young person could use a wise older person to teach them life lessons, to teach them to know better than to piss into the wind or to attack a Shaolin monk with a broom. And Chinese-American actor Ki Luke did a great job as Master Po, appearing in regular flashback scenes to add new lessons nearly each episode of the series. But I'm no longer 15 years old, and it pains me to admit that I now also have a problem with this scene. You see, it contributes to the tired, misleading pop culture trope that the martial arts are magic, or at least that at a very high level they have quasi-magical properties. Now, I grant you that an argument could be made that all Master Poe was saying was that young Kane should pay more attention to what his senses, like hearing, were telling him. Good advice for us all. But the way that the playful encounter with the broom-wielding young Kane is depicted, Master Poe seems way more perceptive than the keenest hearing could possibly make you. Other works of pop culture added to this growing perception of martial magic much more than did the Kung Fu series. Innumerable samurai and Kung Fu films threw the laws of perception and physics out the window. Of course, one of the worst offenders is the Star Wars franchise. Who can forget young Luke Skywalker learning to block shots from a blaster with a lightsaber with his eyes covered? Use the Force, indeed. Such depictions create the impression, especially among young viewers, that part of being a skilled martial artist is the possession of a magically perfect awareness of all that occurs around you. Now this has led to problems for me when people seek to test me by jumping out from hidden positions in an attempt to scare the shit out of me, and to see if I really am a significantly skilled martial artist, magically able to sense their presence. Now, I can't think of many things more foolish than trying to startle a trained fighter, but it's happened more than a few times. This set of myths and impressions that the martial arts has magical properties is sometimes amusing, more often irritating, but it has always been an anchor around the neck of the modern science-based martial arts business. As long as such ideas are among the first to occur to people when the topic of the martial arts comes up, we will be a diminished industry. Of course it's useful to learn how to pay careful attention to your environment. Observe the movement and techniques of a well-trained SWAT team or a military special ops unit clearing a building, for example. But such situations require training and complete focused attention. There's a reason we use the word pay in the phrase pay attention. It doesn't happen for free. Paying attention this intently comes with a cost. It's not just a superpower that effortlessly works in the background of your brain. No, by definition, if you are paying careful attention to your environment, you can't think about anything else. You can't be planning your evening, thinking about your girlfriend, or just daydreaming. It isn't possible to live your everyday life, at least not in a healthy way, in such a state. 
Now, if your everyday life entails survival in a hostile environment, like, for example, the life of a soldier in combat, then this type of behavior is a survival mechanism. But if you're going through your life in a state of readiness for combat, when such a state isn't necessary at that moment, you are experiencing a symptom of mental illness. It's called hypervigilance, and it's one of the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. Veterans of combat can tell you that bringing the war home with you is not a healthy way to live. And that brings me to the question I asked much earlier in today's podcast. How is it possible that paying attention to your environment could be bad? Well, if you go through your life expecting a ninja behind every door and under your car, you are not being cool like Bruce Lee or Yoda. No, you need to get over yourself and live in the real world. And you might even be in need of counseling. Anyway, that's what I think. But I could be wrong. Let me know what you think, and check out old episodes of the Martial Brain Podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for the Martial Brain. The Martial Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about the Martial Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com.